0: Well, first of all, I want to say before you folks, I mentioned it to him specifically, but I I wanted to say it also here as uh, just in great appreciation for Chris Ward and his uh, delivering the message last week and uh, bringing that study on Romans 13. And uh, we are blessed with not only Chris, but other men that can come and and bring the word in in my absence or Brennan's absence. Uh, we were in Minneapolis, Minnesota last uh, week. And uh, we're, we were able to be at a conference there. And uh, very challenging and very stretching time. Uh, and also a, a little time for me to be able to um, visit with my family back there. And uh, uh, you could also please pray for my mom as not this week but next week there going to be moving my mom from San Diego to a a place in Minnesota, and I was able to tour that place. Um, uh, My mom is suffering from Alzheimer's, and uh, so, please pray for her, okay? Thank you. Um, Hey, guess what? One month till the elections, what do you think of that? Okay, no comments, no comments. Hey, 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 shh. All right, calm down here. Okay, um, if if you look at your bulletin, you'll see the outline that's there. Gospel-Driven Perspectives on Politics is our series. And uh, the title for today is A Time for a Wake-Up Call. And we're going to be... Uh, see, you, you can see it in this uh, little box there. Uh, selected passages. We're looking at um, three passages here, different passages. And so we'll be... Uh, tackling that here this morning. Uh, It was some 236, 236 years ago that this great nation declared its independence. 236 years ago. It became the United States of America. And we ought to be uh, sharp with our history and understand our history and help our children understand our history. Um, not only that, but the, uh, the different documents in our nation's history that are still uh, applicable today. Not always followed today, but applicable and true. And For all of us. It should be a very intriguing matter of what will become of the United States of America. Not just how we leave it to our grandchildren and their grandchildren. But what will become of America. And no matter what Bible teachers do. To make it appear such, America is not in prophecy. America is not in prophecy. That ought to raise a question for you. It's not that every country is raised up in prophecy. Not at all. But we brag about what a great country we are and how, uh, you know, we're the leader in the in the world. And yet, there's no mention whatsoever of America. I find that interesting. It's kind of left up to the people, as it should be, in the way America is built, right? It's left up to the people. Well, obviously, and to God, God's sovereign, God's God, right? But what will become of America? And I'm not here to try and answer that. (laughs) Uh, I don't think anyone could, but it's something that we've got to think about. Listen, when America was attacked on 9-11, many of us and many around the world that have a, a regenerated mind figured that this would be a spiritual wake-up call to this country. It woke us up to the presence of terrorists. It woke us up to a phrase called jihad. It woke us up to things like that. I I will never forget going to Israel back in the 1980s, just a young pup, and... um, remembering that our tour guide coming out of just the coming out of the airport in Tel Aviv we're kind of griping about all the security stuff going on back in 1984 and the sergeant the, the retired sergeant from the Israeli army said to us you guys better wise up you guys better wise up to this issue of security measures Back in that day, you can come and go throughout airports like nobody's business. But 9 11, getting back to what I originally say, stated, 9 11 did not really, as a country, as far as we can tell, did not wake us up spiritually to God. And how we, listen, and how we have rebelled against and rejected God. And yet, since 9-11... You know what's happened since 9-11? Major League Baseball encourages everyone to sing God Bless America at every game because of 9-11. Before that, you might have heard it maybe in New York or something, I don't know, but it was basically the seventh inning stretch song to stand up and sing, take me out to the ball game. And now... What a combo. God bless America and take me out to the ball game. But you know what the problem is? We're still, listen, we're still in our comfort zone. When we can sit in a ballpark with our hot dogs and our drinks and watch the game. And still in the comfort zone and sing God bless America. And many of you have heard this. It ought to be, why isn't America blessing God? It's real easy to just get singing with everybody. God bless America. But that's the wrong emphasis now. Yes, God has blessed America in a, an amazing way. In an amazing way. We could all have a, a slideshow right now and come to tears over the beauty of America. And the, the, the successes of America. America. And we get choked up about it. But we're not getting choked up over spiritual things and over my sin and America's sin. We've got it turned around. So when will America bless God? When will America honor God? And that too. we, We really don't have the answer to that. The Bible says a number of things about a nation. Not just Israel. Israel is whose nation? God's nation. That's God's nation. And God's not through with Israel yet. Right? And yet the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. But then it goes on in Proverbs 1434 to say but sin is a disgrace to any people. So my question is what kind of a wake-up call will it take? What kind of a wake-up call will it take? and I can't speak to the Christians back in uh, any other town I you know we can't do anything about what the Christians do back in the in the east or the Midwest or the south or the Northwest no. It really, it's an interesting feature that it comes down to you. When we talk about our nation, it comes down to you. It comes down to me. And it's not just about being a flag-waving Christian or flag-waving American. I've got my flag in my little Ford Escape. I wave it, you know, don't wave it while I'm driving, but I have it there. But see, it's much, much more than that. And see, so today, this morning, I want to present, um, there's three points in this message. The first two are really contrasts of scenarios that could happen, all right, with our nation. That it could happen because that's what it's stating. So let's move to our first one. Our first point is, number one, a solemn devotion, a solemn devotion and you'll see the reference there in your outline. It's Psalm 33. And again, there'll be a familiar verse here that you'll want to, that you you know of. You know this familiar verse. It's verse 12. Psalm 33, verse 12, where it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom He has chosen for His own inheritance. And how many times in the past, would we grab that verse and say, yes, that's America. Because America is blessed by God. All those kind of things. And we get excited about it. But, I'm sorry to say, it's not specifically regarding America. (laughs) It's, It's stating something very important, nonetheless, that we need to pay attention to. So, it's about God's word. You see that on your outline? Right under the point number one. It's about God's word. And so letter A is about rejoicing in it. Now we're going to, I want to move as quickly as we can here. It's not going to be a, a detailed study in Psalm 33. But we want to look at this and get a grasp it as saying this is, a, this is our solemn devotion to God's word. And starting with, we rejoice in it. Letter A. Look at verse 1 through 7 here. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is what? Becoming. It fits. God's people. It fits. Right? Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to Him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the Word of God. For the word of the Lord is upright. That It's like, here's the reason why. It's the word of the Lord is upright. And all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves justice and righteousness. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by the breath of His mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. So, or to rejoice in in God's word. If I'm really honest, it's like, well, I you know I really rejoiced last weekend at the conference with thousands of people about the word of God. Oh, isn't that great? What a great message! And I can rejoice in it there, but it, it doesn't say like, okay, do it in the big conferences. It's about rejoicing in it as a nature of your it just this is the way your life is i want to rejoice in the word of god so we see in this first in these first seven verses the word of god is dependable you can see that in verse four and five it's dependable it's not only dependable but it's powerful verse six and seven look at verse six and seven by the word of the lord the heavens were made by the breath of his mouth all their hosts he you know, here's here's what God does simply by the word of his mouth. Psalm 33 is support to the fact that we have a creator who has created the world and the universe and the starry hosts. He's the creator. <laughs> All right. Is that where America stands right now? No, no, no. Nope. Either it's a big bang or it's, was slime coming out of the muck, and it evolved. Monkeydom and Mandom. I know I'm not a big scientist kind of a guy, so I'm, I'm sorry. But this is something we need to understand. Rejoice in the Word of God. Know it. It's, it's not just for one's salvation to go to heaven alone. It's full of God. Here's the truth, the, the riches of his word. And the more we neglect it, the more, you know, it's to our demise when we neglect his word. So rejoice in it. It's dependable. It's powerful. But do you, do you and I rejoice in his word? Letter B, not just rejoice in it, but reverence it. Reverence the word of God. Okay, Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. He spoke. It was done. He commanded. It stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart from generation to generation. It ought to cause awe, reverence, a holy fear regarding God. It points to the fact that he is creator in verse 9. He's also our sustainer, as we see it in verse 10 and 11. And then letter C. Letter C is to remain in it. Remain in it. The idea is, we, we gain this from John chapter 15, where in Jesus is saying to the disciples, Abide in me, let my word abide in you. And so it's not just a matter of, you know, the um, quick, here we go, got to go to church. Got to get some of the word. No, it's, it's, it's not just coming on a Sunday morning. And we need to help our children understand this and, and our friends understand It's about continuing in the word of God, abiding in it, letting his word richly, what does Colossians 3 say? Richly dwell within you. Okay. Remain in it. This is how a nation, then verse twelve, is blessed. It's that way. It's understanding. Here's who God is. Here's what He He is about. Okay. That it's not just about God blessing you and our nation. It's about God receiving honor, receiving praise, receiving glory from people that's what we were made for God is not our uh, servant boy how come God doesn't do this how come God doesn't do that no it's a matter of you learning to respond to God walking in faith in him and so yet you and I know as we if you study America and you're tracking with what is really going on and the reason I say that is because in my life there have been times in the past where I say, I have no clue what's happening. I don't know what's going on. But when we understand, we try to be aware of the issues of life and the, aware of the, the issues of what our country's going through, do you know if God's blessing will remain on the United States of America? I don't, I don't get it why God hasn't just totally crushed us already. How come God has allowed America to keep going? And what, if you're visiting, you're saying, what in the world are you talking about? I mean, how how could this preacher say this kind of thing? What's God like? Who is God? How can God put up with what America does? How can God put up with what America says is okay? Now, I'm not going to stand up here to say either today or next couple of weeks how you should vote. I'm not going to say that. That's your choice. But when you tally up what America is doing and what America has been doing for the last 30 some years and called it law called it okay to do then you realize we're on the short wire here folks we're on the short string so to speak because god will not put up with sin god will punish sin and god It says in Psalm 33 that God sees, God sees, right? He's all seeing. So what's going on in America? Well, what Isaiah said, I think it's in Isaiah chapter 3, 4, or 5 in there. Where the people call what is evil, good. And what is good, evil. And that's one way to char- characterize what's happening in America. More and more, we're saying that this, what's happening right here, that's, that's good. But God says it's evil. Okay? Okay? So, the idea of Psalm 33 is to point us to a sincere devotion, a real devotion, a, a somber devotion to Him. Serious. Is your devotion to God where it ought to be? That's the challenge. I mean, I know we could talk about the terrible th- ways of America and just really throw a lot of, you know, garbage on it and say, oh, isn't America Terrible. We're not going to do that. the The idea is that we understand. Here's what the Bible says is one way in which we can respond to what it is going on, and it starts with God and His Psalm 33, His Word, and f- to fear Him. So that's one, Psalm 33. Um, point number two: Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 11. Here's where we really, you know, it gets into a, a severe devastation. Point number two, a severe devastation. And if there was a, a more intense kind of a word, I, I probably would have tried to use that. And this has to do now not with God's word, but God's what? Look on your outline God's works. Okay? His works, Matthew 11, starting at verse 20, says, Then He, Christ, began to denounce the cities, not individuals, but the cities in which most of His works or His miracles were done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Corazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, which occurred in you, they, Tyre and Sidon, would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? You will descend to Hades. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom which occurred in you it would have remained to this day nevertheless i say to you that it will be more tolerable for the land of sodom in the day of judgment than for you if folks we've got to understand this i recognize this is it's like it's not a whole lot of fun to talk about but it's truth. And we've, we've got to understand it. They, you know, specifically, I want to zero in on Capernaum. Do you understand what Capernaum was? Here's, here's Jesus. And where was he born? Nazareth. And what did they do to him in Nazareth? They tried to push him off a cliff. And they did not succeed. He passed through them and moved on. And where did he go? Capernaum. Capernaum is to the north of the Sea of Galilee. And basically that's his now going to be where he establishes his ministry and goes out from. And that's like his adopted hometown. Right? And so here's all these miracles that he's doing. And if they didn't, he didn't do them in Capernaum... The word probably came back about what he had done. So letter A, his works, they were witnessed. And the word in the text is mighty works, miracles. And the word for mighty is dunamis. Where we get our word, what? Dynamite. Okay? Power. Works of power that Christ accomplished. Okay? It's not only that He did His works there, but the Gospel was preached there. And if I were to take you there, or if we were to go there, we would find today, the city of Capernaum is in ruins. Well, there's a lot of cities that are in ruins. Yeah. And only God knows the reason why. I say, according to what Jesus has said, There's a reason behind it. Letter B, the works were not welcomed. They were not welcomed. They rejected his works. And Christ here in this in verse 23 gives this contrast regarding Sodom. And what is it that we refer to so quickly? You know, about here's one of the problems of America homosexuality and lesbianism and this and that and sodomy and all that. You know, we, we bring the, the term Sodom up because we're familiar with that. But Capernaum, from what Jesus is saying, Capernaum was in bigger trouble than Sodom. Why? Rejecting what they saw rejecting christ okay and yeah sure they had uh you can still see the the remnants of the synagogue in capernaum religious yeah rejecting christ even worse so they did not turn they did not repent they people in capernaum kept to their ways. They chose to remain in the darkness. John three nineteen. Oh, the light of the world was come regarding his, uh, re, w- the light of the world was working. His father's works were uh, right there before everyone to see. For everyone to see there in that community. I guess what I'm, you know, there's a lot of things to be able, there's a lot of things that come to mind in a, in a, Topic like this and we could talk a lot about the problems Uh, You know America's problem is not merely about gays and lesbians How do we treat them I have to ask that how do we if we come across their paths, how do we treat them? And there's other issues America has a problem with, as you know, with sanctity of life. America denies freedom to those that are in the womb. (laughs) And, yeah, it's a controversy. But I don't understand how At one moment, the baby in the womb is not a real life, but now that it's out and in the arms of the mom or the nurse or the doctor, whoever, but now it is, and it's like we don't have. There's there's not a big deal about it anymore. But I tell you what is a big deal if we have racist kind of things going on. That's a big deal. We should not be racist. After all, look at what the the African Americans have had to go through in their lives or their ancestors. And look at the bloodshed. You know, the Civil War. Think of that. It was about people... That were slaves. What was was the real issue? The real issue was about life. And freedom. Okay. And yet. People are not seeing. In the same way here. If it's about an abortion. Well that's a woman's choice. We don't see it like we saw the race card back from the Civil War days. But you know what? It's about the same issue. It's about the same issue. And it's like we... how, How in this... How has this come about? How has this happened? Well... It's a woman's choice. Is that's what's the big push. That's where it's the big push is. You know, there's other issues that should be talked about. And yet what I want to do is is really just try to say, you know what? Look and let this sink in. What did Jesus say about it? a community, Capernaum, they were not known for, you know, here's the homosexuals and blah, 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 like Sodom and Gomorrah. It wasn't that way. But Jesus is saying, your judgment, it's going to be worse. You know, because if, if they got it, if they saw what you see, they would have repented. See, there's a, I think there's this reservoir of God's wrath building up. And my friend, I, you might disagree with me, but here it goes. What has America seen? What has America seen? What have we seen in regards to the works of God? And at one, on one hand, we're saying, oh, we can't lose out on Christmas. This is a national issue now. We've got to have Christmas. Christmas. Well, I, yeah, but there are greater issues than just that. I, I'm, I'm for that. I, I don't want to lose out on that as a in a, in a national way. But the thing is, there's greater issues than that. I think there's an association. You know, some of these uh, situations going on in different parts of the United States where. A memorial cross has been raised up, like down in San Diego County. I know it's been a couple of issues down in San Diego County where a, a big lawsuit has come because the the atheists don't want to see that up there, and it's national or it's you know federal land or whatever kind of land it is. So there's a big argument, big court case about it. I think that's good to stand up for what's right. We got to do that, but all too often we're we're just putting into a box, well, these are, these are really bad things. These are really bad things, and, and shame on you if you associate with that. And then everything else is kind of op- open, doesn't matter. And I think some of the things that we say don't matter, we've got to put a little more of a concerted effort to analyzing, to evaluating it. And what do we do? Well, we need to talk about it. We need to raise the awareness. We need to, you know, talk to our our local congressman or, you know, whatever, our senator, and send letters. That kind of a thing. There's the process happening, right? But it's not just about these shameful homosexuals. There's something much, it's much greater than just one area. Okay. And you know, because it's a it's a complicated issue, we've got to be very careful in, in asking God for wisdom, very consistent in asking God for wisdom if you do have friends who are saying I'm I'm homosexual or I'm lesbian or I I agree with same sex marriage. Let it happen. Well, It's easy to just slam them. Oh, haven't you figured this out? What's the matter with you? But use some sensitivity, wisdom, discernment in in their lives. I'm not at all suggesting that we should be saying, oh, it's okay about same-sex marriage. No, I'm not you know, all you need to do is study Romans chapter 1 and figure it out. It's very clear. On the practical side of it, you know, it's, hey, if it it were to become that, or if it was that from the beginning, you and I wouldn't be here. (laughs) We wouldn't be here. So, there's going to come, we've got to move along here, there's going to come a severe devastation of God's wrath upon sin. And upon especially those who witnessed the works of God and those who have not welcomed it. So, you and I as individuals, we need to be where? We need to be saying, I, have I seen the works of God? Yes. Have I welcomed them? Yes. How am I living then? What's my life about? Am I demonstrating this in my life? I want you to mark down. We're not going to look at it, but Romans one eighteen through 32. Romans one eighteen through 32. You can l- read that on your own with your family and look at that at another time. Number three. Number three now is... Okay, we did number one and number two... A solemn devotion and a severe devastation. Those those are two things, like scenarios, on the opposite ends. Psalm 33 says we ought to honor His word. Matthew 11 is saying, warning, warning, warning. Here are the works of God. What have you done about it? And now number three is a steady determination. Because... In our memory verse for this month, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Okay? If my people who are called by my name. Okay? Stop right there. So we're dealing with a steady determination. And now we've had concern of God's word, number one, point number one. God's works, point number two. And point number three is God's wisdom. God's wisdom. So it starts with this letter A. You see it right there. Called by my name. This verse is addressed to those who are called by his name. Do you understand your calling? Mark down 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 21 through 31, where it says, not many wise, not many wise powerful not many of noble birth but god chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise god chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong god chose what is low and despised in the world even the things that are not to bring to nothing things that are and thus from there it goes on to say that whatever you boast in you boast in the lord jesus christ for he is your wisdom he is your righteousness. He is your redemption. First Corinthians one uh, from twenty one to thirty one there. So, called by my name. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, this serves as a proclamation to everyone. Are you his? What do you what do you base that on? Are you a child of God? Are you basing that on something other than faith in Christ? Then you're not a child of God. Are you a child of God? It must be based on faith in alone, in Christ alone. By grace alone. In other words, it's not by your works. Your works won't work. As good as they might be, they will not be accepted. Before God. (laughs) But it also... It's not just... serve. This doesn't just serve as a big proclamation to everyone about you being truly His. But this serves as a specific ongoing reminder of who you are, who you live for, and how you live. Okay? So, if my people who are called by my name... We don't want to just race over that we want to understand that i'm not uh claiming you know i i'm not choosing to be a christian here in a sense does that sound strange yeah maybe it, it i hope it does <laughs> i want you to understand god chose you how do you like that god chose you from before the foundation of the world oh yeah now we got into some deep water that's what the Bible tells us. Ephesians chapter 1. You're chosen. You're called. Therefore, live up to that calling. If you're saying you're a believer, live up to that calling. What's that like? Well, that's why we say stay in the Word. Ab- let the Word of God abide in you, let it dwell in you richly. Okay? So, called by my name. Letter B. If my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves, okay? As to how you humble yourself, well, that can vary. But over and over, throughout the Word, it's a submission. It's a bowing before God to acknowledge His worth, to acknowledge who He is. His ways are right and true. To humble yourself is really a response to His Word, isn't it? It's not just a feeling that comes over you. It's a response to His Word. And when you recognize that salvation is a gift, it's not of your own, that humbles you. You, re, you think on the, this uh, communion that we're going to remember here in a little bit, it humbles you. This is a part of what you know, comes forth from the Word of God. The communion of the saints. Okay? God's to be the authority... God's to have the seat of judgment in my life, right? And that's the that's the challenge throughout life throughout living am I really on the judgment seat of my life or is God and his word on the judgment seat of my life? And the more I grow, the more I'm I want to recognize that, you know what? God's truly on the throne of my heart. Okay? Then, as we see what His Word is saying, with you know, the work of the Holy Spirit piercing our, into our hearts, convicting us of sin, that's good! Don't shy away from that. Don't, don't guard against that. Allow the Spirit of God to pierce through and to convict you of sin. That's good. That's a good thing. Letter C says, pray, seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways. We're going to put those together as one point. Just to say, here's repentance. Here's the process of it. Repent. It's not just the process of repentance, really. It's the process of progress. You're making progress when you do this. So, obviously this verse, listen. This verse is primarily directed to Who? Israel, it's primarily directed to the nation of Israel. But you and I can follow along in that pathway and realize it applies to me as one of God's ch- children. Okay. This verse is always associated with revival, isn't it? Do we want revival in the land? Oh, come on. Do you want revival in America? Yeah. Okay, let's go get them. How? (laughs) It's like, you know, the big coaches talk at halftime or something. Let's go get them. Okay, but how? It comes down to each and every one of you knowing the game plan. Here's God's wisdom. It's not of the world's wisdom. It's God's wisdom. It doesn't make sense if you're living for the world. Or living for the flesh. It'll make sense if you're living for the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Okay? That's the only way. So we must understand. I go by this. I'm called by His name. I'm not questioning that now. I am called by His name. Are you questioning it? Do you question it in your mind? Then if you do, you need to talk to someone that will help you and pray with you and help that get settled in your life. You know what? I am not guaranteed tomorrow. You know, another birthday's coming up. And I, it's like, it's not, it's not that, I don't know. But you know what? The longer you live, what happens? The more you see here's the pain, here's the struggles of life. Here's the challenges of life. Young people, God bless you with your vigor and energy and all. But just know, you know what? We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. There's such a mess in this world. Not just in our country, but in the world. There's, it's just, wow. And you shake your head and go, how in the world is God so patient? And the reason I ask that is because I'm putting that on my standard of patience. I'm not letting His Word speak about how patient He is. I need to let His Word speak about how amazing God is. God is bigger than anything I can think of. So, let me wrap it up. We've got to get down to communion here, okay? How do you want to be woken up in the morning? If you are late for an, you know, do you want, oh, you you got a couple minutes. No, I got to get going. You want to get woken up and get going. It's like a revival. I need to get going. Or do you want a really rude awakening? Now, stay with me. If it's a rude awakening, your heart kind of jumps right out of your chest. And you're, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't like rude awakenings. But America will be receiving an awakening which isn't going to be even close to being rude. I don't know if it's going to be in our day and our, our age, but if America continues on its path, it will be a sudden... And swift awakening to God's wrath. My friend. All I'm saying by that is. Heed the warning. And turn your life to Jesus Christ. Turn your life to faith in Jesus Christ. And Christians. Let's continue encouraging one another. To walk in the way that shows that we fear him. That we honor him. That we love him. God help us. And as we. Partake of communion here this morning. Everyone's welcome to partake. that calls on the name of the Lord. It's not a a closed ceremony. This is for anyone who is claiming to be a, a Christian. So then partake and then walk as a child of light. I'd like the men who are helping serve to come at this time. And my friend, as you sit, please prepare your heart. Please ask God to help you in hearing from Him. In other words, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before Him.